You're listening to the best of ITW, brought to you by PopGuide and WikiLeaf. The new and deadly menace lurking behind closed doors. Marijuana, the burning weed with its roots in hell. On this episode, ITW welcomes the host of Highly Productive and Director of Content at High Times Magazine, Mr. John Capetta. Hey guys! Next we're going to recap our episode with our good friend and also friend of the show and somebody who's, you know, like Opie Ortiz has been on the show a few times now. Host, co-hosted. Co-hosted, show, yeah. co-hosted in... Not only he guested in in uh, in the sessions, oh, yeah. then he co-hosted, and then he also co-hosted when you couldn't come yeah. to Las Vegas, and he filled yeah. in for you with me and Bubs. So. Thank you, by the way, John. That's awesome. Yeah, he was, and he was great. He was really good. Oh, he's like, unbelievable. Um, and a really, you know, he's uh, John. If you don't know John, he's the head of content at High Times. He also hosts his own show now uh, for a little bit called uh, Highly Productive, which Check is that out. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. He's such an intelligent person. It's. Uh, it's he's functioning on a different level, you know. He he gets things so quickly, and um, it's uh, he's become a really, really like we text all the time, and he's become a pretty good friend. You know what I mean? He answers uh, all kind of questions. I love watching him on Instagram, yeah. and especially yeah. as a Canadian company that we're yeah. trying to build, yeah. seeing what's going to be happening in these U.S. markets. Yes, John is just bang straight on ahead of the game every single time. Yeah, he's like uh, he's just yeah he is ahead of the game. Like uh, yeah, it's. Um, as for, like, you know, registering genetics on the blockchain. He's like, uh, like my first time meeting him, like we we're, were in an elevator in Spain and we didn't know each other. I had no idea who he was. And we both just started shit talking cannabis content and how crappy a ton of it is. And I don't mean to be such a dick. You know, you can think this show is crappy or not. And then we got to the top of uh, this elevator and it was some really cool party, uh, you know, like really extravagant party. And we just kind of wandered off to the side and just become became friends and that's and then we just he's just a genuine guy like so many guys we've had on our show and we keep touch and keep in touch all the time and it's um he's had some up and downs but i think um one of the things that he celebrated over the 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 pandemic was um he put out i think i know it was high times art issue but i think it was the first time high times put out an art issue and he curated all the all the art and i don't want to say the highest selling issue of high times ever but uh, at least in you know recent years, wow. blew out the blew out the sales, and that was all John. And That's he's, cool. uh, I hope those guys know what kind of fucking Go John. what kind of a gem that they have over there. And he's always on point too, like ahead of the time with like. You know, uh, I remember he was into exotic candy and shit yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, I was about to say yeah, that too, yeah, like yeah, way yeah. ahead of the game. And yeah. I, I've actually called John just to run ideas by him yeah. from a work perspective. Yeah, that guy will always pick up the phone. If yeah. he can't answer, he calls you back right away. Yeah. And like, cool. he has such beautiful insight yeah. that it's a great window for me to see where, you know, his perspective on the market is. Yeah. He's, oh, uh, he's, and he's, he's got a, he's, and he's got it. Like he's, uh, he's got a really great, like he still loves the trap shit and he, but I uh, like any, but he likes, you know, he likes it all. And that's a good way to be, you know, I so, love the trap shit too. I know you do. <laughs> Everyone knows you do. <laughs> 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 but he but he likes he likes he likes it all and he's an honest he's just honest he loves he loves cannabis and he loves doing this kind of thing and and i don't know if he mentioned it on on either the episodes he's been on but 
if you've ever seen um, Stephen Colbert on what are those called? Not the mopeds, the uh, the two wheel things. Segway. Oh, the, Segway. Uh, Segway. He put that all together for them. And he was working for Segway before he was at High, High Times or somebody like a marketing company that worked with Segway. And somehow he finagled his way in. And so he got all of those Segways onto, onto Colbert's show for free. And like, Amazing. was is a fucking hero over there. So anyway, he's just a, just a smart guy. And he used to do punk shows in Long Island. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, like emo shows, oh, like shit. Thursday and shit like that. Yeah, he used wow. to do, yeah. Like he's, he's totally like, just like one of us, you know what I mean? One but he's yeah, like incredibly intelligent. And, uh, and I think we're all privileged to be able to call him a friend. He's a, he's a really great fucking guy. And um, I, I'm sure he'll be back on the show eventually. Um, I hope you guys like this one. I know I did. I know you did. Yeah, you'd be a jerk. And I know. I think you did. I think you. I think you liked it. I can't tell. I loved Does it. Does that one have size for half closed? <laughs> no. <laughs> so stoned. That was so Not, fucking. You might have been so stoned that there was one of the ones that we were outside that you're like. That was so just <laughs> gone, like wrecked. Like I couldn't believe how stoned I was, dude. Oh, like so stoned. Where I was just like, Jesus, I've never in did, my head you, going. Fuck. Like, uh, do you know what our weed bill was? <laughs> <laughs> our food bill was 1500 Our weed bill was over double that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was just <laughs> for real. Like that, we were just crushing weed at that spot. And, I remember we like on top of the free weed we got, probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We got a ton of free weed too. Who did you tell me? You, I forget who. One of the guests we did in one of these sessions, I don't know, was there. You're like, he looked at me and just was like, I've never seen anyone fucking just kill weed like that. Like, go, <laughs> go through weed like uh, that. I don't, I don't know if it was one of ours, but I remember Chuck said that when I, I hosted a. I didn't host it, but I like I hosted an event. Like I wasn't on the podcast, but the anxious and angry, po- anxious and angry podcast. <laughs> really? With, uh, that? Yeah, because I was just sitting there smoking. He's like, "You're a fucking madman, dude." <laughs> so I was just sitting there watching it, just like he yeah. just like, watched me like join after join because it was a uh, it was like a little a kind of a legal, an illegal weed event at the old Halo. Oh, that's right. That we had that was good. That was um, yeah. Um, Ryan from Ryan Young from. Uh, uh, Off with their heads. Holy shit, man. Oh, wow. They're We'd, cool. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. He actually texted me the other day, and I didn't realize it was him, and I didn't get back to him. He's like, what, you hate me now? <laughs> like, I didn't know it was you, dude. I got a new phone. Oh, I'll probably cut that part out. <laughs> Maybe I'll leave it in. I don't know. He'd think it's funny. But yeah, that was that. But um, that trip was crazy. Like, like all that weed, all that. It was wild. That was a good, good fun time. Good time. I don't even think we go, like I think we went out and drank maybe twice, maybe once, and like yeah. that was it a ten day stint. Yeah, we, we were very focused on smoking. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, I mean you are always very focused on smoking. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Well, we were just ripping edibles. We were ripping so much shit because yeah, we, we got all those free edibles. Oh yeah, fuck, that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. But we had deliveries coming every night you for, know more weed, for more weed. For more weed. Like, like, remember uh, Brent, the, the director of that these sessions, Brent Core, shout out Brent. Yeah, he got, Brent. He got us like he had some friends down there for somehow, and he got us like like three ounces. We're like, this will be good. Oh and yeah, and it was gone. Like, like, like Brent's quick. like, where's the weed? Go? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. Yeah, we smoked all the of only friends' thing, weed. Yeah, <laughs> and we had to start ordering, and then we didn't know who like, to hey order guys, from. I got us hooked up with some weed. Thanks, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was uh, it was relentless, but it was awesome, and we had this. It was highly productive. You know, it was incredible. Yeah, that yeah. was a great time. Yeah. Anyway, we got a little off track again, but that was you know that's still hey. what it was. John, this is uh, you know enjoy the episode with John Capetta, the homie, the homie. That's what's homie. up, John. The best dude. Dude, John, what's up, buddy? How are you, dude? Good man. Good. Thank you so Good much for coming down here. Thank you for inviting me. It's awesome. Yeah. To be here. Yeah. Um. For the listeners at home, with John Capetta, uh, content director, VP of content, VP of content at High Times. That sounds fucking prestigious. It does sound <laughs> prestigious. I'm not trying to like sound like a dick when I say that. No, but that's a fucking cool job, and it's a good job. I know. I it's just want to like great job. Clarify that I'm not a dickhead when I say <laughs> something <laughs> like yeah. that. You know? You're definitely not a dickhead. We met uh, kind of like well, like same kind of shit. Like when me and F first met, it was just like fast friends. We met in an elevator in Spain, going to like some wild party. ICBC party or something like that? At Spanibus, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. so we were going up to some some fabulous hotel room that was like a $30,000 a night room or something like that. I think it was the Bang Party? Yeah, it was. was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those guys, they... uh, So actually, a fun little aside real quick. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that picked up. I hope that picked up. That was great. Um, there goes the neighborhood. Huh? Yeah, right. Yeah. I honestly, I, I totally lost my train of thought. I don't yeah. know what we're saying. But uh, the, the bad guys throwing the party. This. Oh, they. So that party was so dope. And then later that night, we saw them. There was a Damien uh, Marley party, and we went down there. And they had like given us these wristbands. And they're like, oh, we're having another, you know, another super awesome party in that at that VIP room after. And like they gave us all these wristbands to get up there. And then we went to the like, security to go back up there. And they're like, uh, yeah, no, that doesn't. This doesn't mean anything to us. <laughs> yeah, you can't yeah. get up. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it was bust. But. Yeah. But we met there, and then we were fast yeah. friends, and we kind of got off the, like, uh, we started talking about just content and the way we kind of see content. And you, you kind of got into what we were there. Um, I, I, like, we're going to get into the whole story, but let's, I just want to mm-hmm. establish your, your professional career first a little first. Sure. And then we're going to get to know you really, really well. Too well. You're going you're gonna to be uncomfortable. We're, we're going to get to unco- <laughs> know you uncomfortably well. Are we going to get into the weeds? We're going to get into we the weeds. We are going to get into the weeds. Exactly. You got to say the name. And, right. and then, yeah, right. so, so it's... A, it's uh, Tell us a little bit about what you're like. You have a, you have a pretty cool vision for what where you want to see the content go and things like that, um, or where you see where you'd like to see like uh, cannabis content go, just in general. Like, can you can you expand on that a little bit? Or what are you thinking? That your thoughts on that? Sure. So um, I came to High Times at a time of uh, pretty massive growth for the brand. Um, mm-hmm. We have just acquired a bunch of other publications, including Dope Magazine, which is one of the other the second largest cannabis publication in the space. Uh, Culture Magazine. We own Green Rush Daily. We just launched High Times TV, which is kind of an answer to the YouTube uh, demonetizing cannabis and also kind of just a place to host quality content that isn't pandering, let's say. Um, So fundamentally, the the first part of what my job is, is creating a holistic approach to all of these different brands and making sure that, you know, we're all talking in unison about the things that we need to talk about, but also uh, that each of these brands have their own distinct voice. So um, you're going to see dope kind of grow more into... I like to call it emerging cultures and more fringe type stuff. Um, you'll see a lot more. It, it's the kind of publication where we talk about dubstep kind of sure, thing. And right. culture will have more mature titles as in like uh, how to involve cannabis in your pregnancy and mm-hmm. how uh, to right. involve cannabis when, you know, you're getting older and, you know, you're, you know, sure. here's, a, here's a quick little stat drop. But uh, the biggest percentage of new cannabis consumers are actually elders who are just getting into the market now who haven't, who have lived in prohibition their whole lives and didn't realize, like, you know, they could easily get these things and it not, you know, shatter their lives like we right. told them. 
So um, speaking to those who are aging and people who have arthritis and, you know, or just, you know, general glaucoma, you know, mm-hmm. I, that was one of the first reasons that the people who were giving people medical cannabis was to cure the, glau- the glaucoma pressure. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, uh, I think that a lot of the content that's been out there has been, um, I think I said this earlier, but it's, it's kind of pandering. Like mm-hmm. you look at like, I'm not trying to throw shade at anybody, but um, you look at shows like uh, Netflix is disjointed and... Yep. Uh, I think they tried. I don't, you know, again, want to slight anybody's art or anything like that. I just think that they tried so hard to be what they think stoners like. Yeah. They didn't realize that stoners are just people. And yeah. like, you know, when you talk to, like, when you baby talk to a kid, like, you're not getting the desired effect. It's just only like, makes you feel good. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, right. So uh, really just kind of help elevate the brands and make sure that uh, we're the, the, we've been the voice of the industry for so long. So making sure that uh, we're taking that title seriously and kind of uh, projecting all the things that matter and not just, you know, the things that, you know, seem vogue at the moment. Yeah. <clears throat> That's amazing. Where did you grow up? I'm um, from New York originally. Yeah. And, and then so, um, like, where, but like, you grew up in New York, normal New York kid, like. So, uh, Long Island, actually, which uh, okay. I don't like to brag about, but uh, I went to school in uh, SUNY New Paltz, this upstate, little, small little upstate slice of heaven. And uh, it's like a very, I guess you could say, hippie school, liberal arts college oh, cool. in the mountains. Um, so, definitely had a bunch of eye awakening experiences there that kind of uh, molded me more into the individual mm-hmm. uh, that I am. And then uh, a few years in Manhattan definitely helped. And I've been out in LA for about five years now. Uh, yeah, what, what, um, you, you, you worked like you, you have a long career in PR and marketing. So marketing more, um, I started working with Red Bull when I was in college. Um, yeah. I was a student brand manager, which was kind of like, I think the technical job was, uh, <clears throat> the technical responsibilities of bringing the brand to life on campus. Okay. Um, so that put me in a, a lot of like really high level marketing classes like mm-hmm. way earlier than I would have been mm-hmm. exposed to those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, listen, candidly back in the day, I always loved the music scene and uh, I don't have a musical bone in my body. My time is just terrible. So, um, <clears throat> I grew up in an area that was predominantly well off. Not that I ever was poor or anything like that, but like not being able to go and do all these crazy sure. ancillary things that my friends were doing. Um, so I started doing street teams and, you know, marketing for record labels to get free tickets oh, to those cool. shows. Right. Honestly, it was like, it was the easiest and listen, they would send me stickers and I'd go and drop it off at like a local head shop. Like it wasn't right. anything that was like rocket science, but like yeah. I got free shows out of it. I got free merch right. out of it. I yeah, got to yeah. meet a bunch of people that were really crazy. And, uh, somewhere along those lines, I realized that, um, you know, these creatives and these musicians and people mm-hmm. who you like look up to, like they're still all just human and they all like kind of, you look at them and or like you see like, like, and this is a really weird drop, but let's, you see like Justin Bieber, you know, and you mm-hmm. think of Justin right. Bieber as like this kid who's like, wow, he's magic. He fucking, he's got shoes and he's got clothing and he's on every, the stage everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, there's a ton of people that went into making Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber, right. you know, most notably probably Usher, but like, you right, know, a lot right, of, right. A, a lot of major creatives went into like making someone like a Kanye West or, or a Drake. So, um, realizing that from a young age, I was kind of like, all right, I might not be able to make this music, but I can help facilitate this music in a way that a lot of these guys just aren't thinking about just because from spending time with them, you realize like, you know, like at least in my experience, a lot of musicians, like their primary focus, it wasn't about making money for them. Most of them wanted to get laid, you know, and like, hell yeah, that's totally, you know, Mm. dope and a reason to get out there and whatever motivates you motivates you. But Mm. like, 
you know, if they had someone who was thinking about their business, usually they would succeed a little bit more. So like when I was in, in at the end of my high school years and early in college, I was just being that like third party for my friends' bands that would like, they'd hit this, they'd hit my email address up instead of those guys. So it was like they had an agent, you know, like somebody right. was a manager for the, for that band right. and therefore they could command more money. They can, you know, be yeah. a little bit more picky about shows, you know? Um, and I guess it, the, the moral is just fake it till you make it, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just yeah, yeah. pretend you're a fucking a hot shot and then eventually, you know, you, yeah, it becomes real. Yeah. Wow. What was um what was what was the culture like at your house when you were growing up like like with weed and all that kind of stuff was it around you guys just like you, you liberal arts kind of family so so it's funny um, I didn't realize how around it was till later in life um, two of my my mom's two brothers are huge deadheads mm -hmm. and uh, I still remember I think I was like. 13, 14 years old, like the first time, like I not was, I had smoked already, but like I had smelled somebody else smoking and you know, like it's a different smell mm -hmm. than like when you smell a bud to yeah. what it smells like. So I remember like having that aha moment, like, Oh, that's what my uncle's house smells like, <laughs> you know? And like realizing yeah. like, Oh shit, like this is what they've been doing all this time. So, uh, they were really good about like hiding it from us. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think my parents were like that surprised when I, wow. mm -hmm came out of the cannabis closet, if you will. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, do you remember your first time trying it? Um, I do. It was totally non-memorable, and uh, I did get high as hell. So that whole, like, oh, you don't get high the first time yeah. adage, like, uh, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was just, like, randomly at a party when I was, like, early in high school, and some kids were like, hey, we're going to do this. Do you want to get down? And, like, not even kids that I hung out <laughs> with, but, like, yeah, I wanted to try that. You know, it was awesome. It was, it was edgy, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it was awesome. So here I am. Yeah. And then you just kept smoking recreationally for the whole time. When, um, when did you get advocacy minded? So I don't think until I grew up on Long Island. So Long Island mm -hmm. was definitely a sheltered place. Like, I mean, yeah. like there was like it was, New York's melting pot. You know, you definitely see people if like it's not. I don't want to talk shit on any Midwestern states, sure. but it's not, you know, like middle America where you can go and only see like white people around. Like I grew up with yeah. like, you know, faces of all colors and stuff like that. It's like here. Exactly. Like exactly. In, in a place similar to Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I really realized until I was in college. Like, so SUNY New Paltz was great, but because it was such a small town in like this like upstate area, pretty much all the cops knew. The, these kids are who we need to go after because you know they're probably smoking weed or they have drugs mm. or something like that so like we would get pulled over like pretty much anytime we were driving but if you know my friend jamal was fucking driving the car we would get pulled over like way more aggressively sure and i think that when i got into when i got into college i started realizing like oh like everyone's kind of doing it and like this is really just like a, a, an excuse to get people you know and that's yeah. when it started to become more of a hey this isn't just a like a prohibition this is like actually like you know an attempt to it's like okay so here's a great little fun aside of racism um the roads the parkways on long island are mm. all super small and they have low overhangs yeah. because when i think it's I think it was the Rockefellers or whoever built the roads back in the day, they didn't want minorities driving on their streets and they figured the only way minorities would be on their streets is if they were in a bus. So, or like a you know, commercial fuck. video, a commercial mm -hmm. vehicle. Uh, so they made roads that were only accessible to like sedans and like, you know, SUV, you know, and obviously yeah, they yeah. didn't have like, you know, the sports cars yeah. of today, but like, you know, they, they made things where like, you know, the overpasses were low enough that like you couldn't fit a truck through it or a bus through it. Um, 
And like, you know, you don't think about that growing up or whatever, but then when you realize that and you're like, oh shit, like it almost makes you like not want to use those parkways anymore, you know, or like, so like, that's how I feel about like, and I'm not trying to, again, slight any, but any States, but, um, you know how I feel about a lot of like places in the South where like, you know, like, and listen, honestly, like my skin is pretty fair. So like I've been caught in places like that and gotten off in the same situations where certain people are serving like decades, you know, or like a a long time in prison. Uh, I know that I've been very fortunate and I haven't, you know, got had any felonies or anything like that. Uh, But the fact that something that I'm doing so openly and, you know, openly I guess is the best way to say it could get someone else in so much trouble is very troubling for me so you know using the platform to talk about that and to expose those kind of things another aside is uh cannabis the reason why medicinal cannabis came out in the first place is because of people like Dennis Perone and Brownie Mary who like people want to talk about cannabis as like this new subculture or whatever but like the reason why I feel like I align with the cannabis movement so much is it's just that underdog culture and uh you know I mean I'm a Jew so growing up I kind of my grandma always instilled in us like you know like oh you gotta you know don't let voices be stifled kind of thing you know like not like censorship is fascism mm-hmm. um so you think about like movements like cannabis like I always align myself there like the punk movement you know mm-hmm. just because like I was like the rebel I was you know the outcast um so you think of like, you know, of cannabis culture and how it's like, it, you know, how it's it's involves so much. It's so inclusive. Mm-hmm. But then you see like, you know, like gay culture, for example, and you don't realize how like intertwined they are. But the reason medicinal uh, cannabis was passed in the first place was because people like Dennis Perone back in the early 90s or in the 80s and the early 90s uh, during the AIDS crisis were seeing their friends die and the government just like, you know, basically look past them and not do anything to help these people have a better quality of life. So cannabis mm-hmm. became a way that actual medicine to like help these people, you know, eat when they when they couldn't eat anything or like, you know, just have a better quality of life. So I think that like I, I, I'm embarrassed at how recently I've heard that story. Um, mm-hmm. But that to me is something that like now knowing that I want to tell that to as many people as possible. You know, I want as many people to hear, Hey, like we're here because of all of like on the backs of so many people. Mm -hmm. And like, it's important to address that if we ever want to, you know, really do anything of worth. Mm -hmm. And then one of the things that uh, right now, because you guys, I'm I'm assuming high times is a California based company. That's where like the the head. So we're actually, we started in New York. Um, We just moved out to California a couple years ago, but we have, offices in New York, Seattle, Denver, and California, and LA. And the headquarters is LA? Headquarters is LA now. Yeah, yeah. But it was in New York for the for 40 years. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, true, true outlaws. Yeah, wow, that's, um, that, that's interesting. So, so you got, so you told me a story. Um, I feel like I'm ranting. No, it's Not great. Not at all. No, but you told me a story, um, just shifting gears a little bit. But you got, um, I'm, I'm trying to remember the names of the, the little, the little not, not mopeds, uh, segways. Uh, uh, the Segways the on segway Colbert. Wait, could, yeah, so <laughs> can you tell us this? He, yeah, this is kind of something that we brushed over quickly in Spain, and I'm like, I got to get that story any one okay. time. <laughs> so this, this, is, this is a pretty good one. So do um, you remember the hoverboards that were yeah. like, okay, so um, 
the whole hoverboard wave happened in spite of Segway. And they, Segway has patents protecting all of these things. So uh, basically what they did was when the hoverboards came out and like, you know, this was coincidentally, they were all catching on fire and they got all this other bad press. But um, Segway was suing all these companies and trying to stop them from importing the states and, you know, basically shut that business down. Uh, all alongside, they were making basically a smaller like the Rolls Royce of hoverboards. Um, so there's a company Ninebot in China that basically had made so much money selling hoverboards at this point uh, that they went and bought Segway. So they now what? are a Chinese company that owns an American company and all these patents, and they're like, all right, well, we're going to really take these, you know, how do we get this out there as out there as possible? So they ended up working with uh, Fabric Media, which is this firm that I used to, this agency that I used to work at. And um, we created an influencer campaign. This was like right as influencer campaigns were really taking off, where we were going to send out segways and this is like a $1,300 unit, you know, like it's not yeah. a cheap, it was, we weren't sending roll, packs of rolling papers out to brands, you know, we were sending it to like really expensive items out to people. And like, you know, I think it costs like a couple hundred bucks to ship too, because it's this big, heavy box. So, um, we started taking all sorts of swings. You know, I called Shaq, I called everybody. Um, and everyone was basically like, yeah, we want one, you know, but everyone was kind of like, oh, we're not sure we're going to do with it, you know, and like, so I went to the ESPYs, for example, and I was like hanging out with like OBJ, and I was like, hey, like, I want to, you know, get you on one of these things, and he's like, yeah, totally, I'd love to, this looks like so much fun, and not trying to blow up his spot or anything now, but um, his insurance was totally not able to cover that, you know, like, because he right. makes so much money from his physical, at, at his body, that if he, if he falls over, um, he's going to, you know, and he and twists his ankle, that could cost him, you know, a ton of money. Yeah. So he shouldn't really be playing out on things like that. Uh, that said, if we were going to pay him, then he was totally interested in being an ad spokesman and like, you know, working it out with his insurance company, whatever, training, whatever he had to do. Um, so this was before influencers were making hundreds of thousand dollars for every post that they did and, and you know, were going crazy. Um, now I'm sure it's a much different game, but uh, my plan was to try and not, pay anybody and just send these out and like they were so much fun that like anybody who got them were, was gonna fall in love with it and so I sent one to Stephen Colbert and uh, he fell in love with it we got a great cold open which is like that first uh, intro for his show where like he does a little sketch and then comes out on stage where he basically just like rode it all over the place and uh, he ended up loving it so much that we sent him a few more for his kids and he took this thing to Russia. He took it what? to the Capitol. He took it to, he had Elijah, um, Elijah Wood came on his show and they like jousted on them. Like I, you couldn't have paid for this, you know, for this wow. placement. It ended up being so good, but literally it just came from like us hitting up celebrities and being like, Hey, I know you don't know us. We're not like, you know, we've never done anything like this before, but we got these really cool toys and like, we think you'll like them. Like, so Segway must play. have loved you. They were, yeah. they were super stoked on it, but it was a time of massive transition for them. So like, I, I think that again, Ninebot is making so much money off all their patents right now that this is like kind of a drop in the bucket for them. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were, <laughs> we were for the amount they were paying us and the kind of, you know, media impressions we were delivering, like I'm sure at least behind closed doors, they were like doing jumping or like doing backflips because wow. it, it, we, we definitely over delivered there. Wow. And so, um, did you, where did you go to, like, university? So SUNY New Paltz. So that was the, the liberal arts school. Right, right, right. Oh, so that was university. That wasn't, like, high school? Oh, no, no, no. High school was on Long Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. wait. You guys have, you guys have crazy uh, school setups out there, right, don't you? Because you, you, you're from L.A., right? Or you're from, yeah, I'm from here. Okay, so you're used to, like, going to middle school, high school, or, like, at least, like, elementary yeah, into, like, something. elementary school. Oh. Yeah, junior high. I, I, 
yeah, yeah, exactly. School, and then but, you go away to college after yeah, high school. Yeah. What is it? What's it up for like for you guys? Well, it, it's high school. Then yeah, there's no junior college. It's usually just to, right right to university or college. Universities being like are traditionally deemed the more like uh, prestigious of the two. Like mo like the colleges are, are more for trades, but that's not really the. It's not really like that anymore. It's cause as, so as culture shifts. Just to you know get the details here. SUNY stands for State University of okay. New York. Okay. At yeah. New Paltz. So okay, I say college, but. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's uni. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I dated a British girl. And she always used to say uni and talk about because, like, I think yep. they went like they say uni at, when we were the equivalent of like when we were in tenth grade. They went to like junior college or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, no, it's not that cool. We have until twelfth grade and then mm -hmm. four years of college, which you know were excellent years. But I would have loved if I could have turned that into six or eight or something like that. So, so you know? was was most the punk rock thing when you're doing that without your hustling without your high school hustle? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was pretty much high school. Honestly, like from the time I from the time I was in middle school, actually, my friends were playing in bands. And like I was trying, you know, I, I definitely like I played bass guitar for a while. Um, I just, you know, was not gifted at it. So, um, you know, it was like as as fun as it was to play shows. It was also like I knew it was painful on my friends. So, you know, yeah. I eventually bowed out. Yeah. yeah. And I, be I became the manager. Yeah, well, well, awesome. Did you work with anybody like notable that we'd know? Um, so of the record labels that I worked with, um, okay, so I, at the time I was going to the labels of the bands that I liked. So I liked Alkaline Trio, so I sure. went to Vagrant Records. Okay. Um, Vagrant Records ended up being like their main New York rep where they'd send me stuff and then I'd disperse to Vagrant. Uh, who was the guy at Vagrant? Uh, Wayne was one of the guys oh. for a while, uh, marketing guy, and they had a little bit of transition towards the end there, but I was also going to college, so I kind of stopped yeah. caring. Um, but, uh, I was, did Fuel by Ramen for a while. Uh, actually. Vinny's label. Vinny's label? Who's Vinny? Or Vinny's old label. Vinny mm. from, uh, Less Than Jake started that label. No. Oh, true. Uh, I sold it. Yeah, ironically, that label too, we, it was, was Jersey. Yeah. The band that introduced us. Greg, Greg from the great, great in Jersey guys. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, uh, they're huh? fueled by ramen band too. So this was, this was right around the time Fall Out Boy had released their first major album and I was okay. a huge, huge Fall Out Boy fan. And then Gym Class Heroes came a few years after yeah. them. So it was like, that was a good label, but I got to give a shout out to Takeover Records. I don't know if they're around anymore. I remember but the, Takeover I remember Records. Takeover. Yeah. I they, they brought me to Warp Tour for the first time. And that's what like really changed the game for me. I remember that was the, that first year I was on stage for i think sales on like you know the side of the stage not mm -hmm. like you know performing or anything but um i was on the side of the stage for uh Sayosin and jesse lacy was standing like on one side of the stage and uh adam lazara from taking back sunday was standing on the other side of the stage and i was like you know super scene kid back then so that was like a, oh my god they're both here and they actually aren't friends and you know like whatever so um, when that drama was like still a real thing so that like that opened up my eyes and like you know really was like okay you know festivals are where where things are going to really change right. you know and then uh after college that's when like you know the explosion of edm and dubstep was really taking off right. so like you know festivals like bonnaroo and Lollapalooza, they've been they've been around for a while you know but right. now they're really starting to like sell out before they drop lineups right. and stuff like that and I, I, remember, I remember i think it was my junior or senior year in college there was a wall street journal journal article that was basically like talking about how festivals were like the easiest or like VCs were getting into festivals because it was just such an easy way to like make a shitload of money in a one day thing, you know, and like obviously they totally discounted the oh, yeah. months and months of work that went into putting in a massive exactly. production. But that was like, I remember that being like almost like a signal to me of like, all right, shit's about to get, you know, like really. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, now there's three festivals every weekend. And like, you know, depending on what region of the country you're in, there might be five options in, a, in any given summer weekend, you know, and 
I don't know about you guys, but like, I definitely spent a couple, a, a, a few years in my early twenties just uh, bouncing around, uh, really living that festival life. I spent a yeah. lot of my life bouncing around. Festival <laughs> yeah, festival so did, so so did I. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we did. We did. Well, you probably did a lot of the warp tours or a bunch of them. I did yeah, a couple. I did a lot of festivals. Um, period. Yeah, did you, yeah. You're still doing festivals all the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of festivals? Uh, I play in three different bands, so I I'm doing all kinds of festivals all over the world. Gonna Sick. go do some festivals Talk. in Europe in June. Plug your shit. And, the, uh, the guest asked a question. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. So you're always plug so it, humble. Plug it. Oh, yeah, I play in a band called Death by Stereo. Another band. Called oh fuck, Voodoo I know Glow. Death by Stereo. Yeah, I play in the Voodoo Glow Skulls. Oh shit. I'm in a band called Manic Hispanic. So okay, wait. Let me ask you a question. Do you yeah. remember a venue called the Downtown on Long Island? I do remember the Downtown on Long Island. I played there with Death by Stereo. Yes, you did. So That's I crazy. saw you there. Like what? Uh, I don't know. However long ago. I do remember the I Downtown. Have, I have a Death by Stereo sticker on what? my wall, on my bedroom wall in my high school. Actually, no, not anymore. Cause my parents just remodeled That's that room. That's crazy. But uh, I had like stickers from all these shows. Really? I did. So we used to play the East Coast a lot. Here's another back then. Another little downtown. shout out. Do you remember? You know Sam Ash. Yeah. Okay, so I told you I grew up in an area that was like... Long Island. Well, yeah, well, Long well off. Um, Sam Ash's son was in school with me. And oh, no way. They, yeah, and they were part uh, invested in the downtown. And so, like, I always... Like, that was actually, I think, the first place... I, I don't know. It's closed now, so I won't get anyone in trouble. But yeah. that was like the first place I got drunk. Like that was. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That was I think uh, Stevo and okay, there was Stevo's "Don't Try This at Home" tour before Jackass yeah. was I think super massive. Uh, they brought me to one of those shows for like it was like my birthday or something like that, and he left like whoever our chaperone was. I'm not going to say any names. Left us downstairs for a little while with Preston and Stevo, and I think it was Brian Dunn. And like you know, at this time, like we were like super fanboys. I was like you know CK like this, I think Jackass must have started because like. I was a huge fan of CKY, but I knew who these guys were. Um, and they, like, I guess we were probably 13, 14 years old. They were, like, giving us, like, Long Island iced teas and, like, like <laughs> sex on the beaches. And they were like, how does this taste? You know, like, you, you like this? You like this? And, like, you know, whatever. It was. Uh, let's just say they, the chaperone was profusely apologizing to my parents. <laughs> yeah, I remember playing Imagine that there. shit went down. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I remember playing there and all of us laughing all night. Because on all the screens when we played there now, I remember... They just had these videos on loop that just kept saying Long Island Extreme, Long Island Extreme. And it was like guys on like quads. That and sounds like about rough right. Riders kind of dudes <laughs> doing like tricks. It's a Long Island Extreme. Like on every screen, we're like dying. Monster laughing. energy drink. Yeah, exactly. It was, oh, yeah. it was the yeah. whole time that we were playing too. Long Island Extreme. And, and they would so always funny. give out monsters and like the, like the, the Red Bulls after yeah. after the events. They'd have like, they'd send their promo teams. Keep you there. going all night. I, I loved that venue. I know that's. Oh this, no, I had a good time. I think we played there with dead, None More dead. Black. Maybe that's who we were there. None More Black were a fantastic band. Well, shout out No More Black. There yeah. you go. Shout out the downtown RIP. <laughs> yeah, RIP. Shout out Long Island Extreme. I don't remember what exactly <laughs> happened. Dude, I went to see the Sky's Dead tour there a bunch of times. The, uh, ASOB. Oh, no way. You, you know ASOB? Yeah. Okay, so ASOB was like, you know, like one of my like, yeah. you know, I didn't really know Sky before I saw them and they were just like, I think uh one of their guys was like a, like a bar back there or something like that. So they played like they opened cool. a ton of shows. And uh, first of all, like once I found out what ASOB meant, Scott, I Scott's been, like, Dead Tour, uh, it's still going, right? I have no idea. I honestly like I that was maybe when I last time I went was I was a junior went for in years high school. And years and years. It was fantastic. I remember like skank. I never saw skanking beforehand, and like oh, you know no that's like that's the most fun type of dancing, and that's I can't great. do it well, but like you know it's just, it's fun as hell, you know, yeah. and it looks cool. Yeah, it's just fun. 
We were both actually. We both put out fucking records on Canadian ska labels. Yeah, do you know the yeah, Planet actually. Smashers? Do you know any Canadian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, Planet Smashers. Same yeah, label. Yeah, so, so we we like. Well, actually, my band right now is on their record label. Oh shit! Yeah, dude. Yeah. Small world. This yeah. is fucking like. Well, yeah, East Coast too, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I feel like the. the I feel like it's a very different scene out here. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Well, actually, Montreal, where Stomp is from, I mean, sonically, like they, like, Scott they really. Dominates out Scott dominates Scott does, but so does, like, so does, yeah. And, and oh, yeah. Montreal and Quebec, like, actually, Canada just deemed, shout out Quebec, it just got uh, deemed the nation's capital for hardcore. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, That's yeah. awesome. It's super rad. Um, but, um, yeah, like, but like, like you know, like the SoCal punk, like the lag wagons of the world, that yeah. shit never left. Like those bands could all like, big wig could still draw like two thousand yeah. people there, you know, it's so like, cool. kind of thing. Um, and it's awesome. just, it's just never left. So, like, it, the, the cultures for music for Montreal to Southern California, like I, I like in my head, I always draw comparisons. Yeah, to. whenever we go on tour and we tour with other bands from our generation, like, yeah, we can't believe how overwhelming the response yeah. is. Yeah. We, yeah, I've gone to like Montreal with Strung Out, and there's. Two three thousand people at the show were like, dude, like it, yeah, it, they're diehard. Well, uh, have you seen the emo the emo night shit that happens out? It's the insane, dude. For a singer of an emo band just playing the song, press play. It's a D, it's a yeah, it's a sold press out play club DJ singing along every word. It's like it's, it's mind DJ. blowing. But it's the, hold on, have you got, have you actually gone? There? I have. Yes, I've been. Does it not reignite like some sort like a fire in your heart that you just can't find it's elsewhere? Funny. It's very European. In Europe had there's a lot of. That that kind of stuff happens in Europe a lot, like like dance clubs where it's them playing like rock, where whatever. people are actually going for the like music. They'll have a metal night, but it's a DJ and everybody's like dancing around like hate breed or whatever. You know, it's super <laughs> whatever weird. whatever works. Yeah, it's very European. It's cool. Yeah, I think it's cool. cool. I, I love it, dude. I'm, first it's of all, I'm glad it's a big that, giant party. I'm glad that all those bands are making a resurgence. Oh, I mean, dude, I want every band to kill it. Well, it's it's funny because so when I was in high school, like, and this is just because he became so massive. Like, I was really into for first to last. You know, I was an angsty yeah. teenager. I was, you know, like whatever. And then I went to college and started doing a little bit of drugs. And like all of a sudden, Sonny's Skrillex, and he's making yeah. all this, you know, crazy machines having sex set type sounds. But like when you're rolling, it's the best sounding shit in the world. And if you're in right. front of a sub, like all of a sudden there's a, this new element involved in music because the sub is literally pushing you and you're dancing Absolutely. even if you don't want to so um and like kenny vasoli from the starting line which i was really like a pop punk kid at heart um and like uh so kenny vasoli was in vacationer which is like you know it's like kind of let's call it sample based band yeah um and listen i thought that stuff was dope too but like now i see starting line is touring again and like emo yeah. nights going to webster hall at Man in manhattan so Huge. like it's i'm I, I, it's it, it warms my heart that, that people are still appreciating that or at least that like that kind of community still exists right e edm was not edm was not as friendly like that do you get do you get to do much with music with that with what you're doing on high times um, so I'm st things at high times are still new for me. Um, so for the last two years, I was on the outside working at this agency handling the PR. And then at the beginning of this year, I came in to kind of help reshape content. And, uh, the biggest thing thus far has been like, listen, high times is high times was started as like the bandits handbook. One of the f premier reasons it was printed was so that people on the West coast knew what the, the same, what the prices of eighths were on the East coast, mm -hmm. you know, and like in ounces and, and pounds and shit like that. So high times was historically this, you know, this rebellious publication and, uh, you know, our, 
edge kind of softened over time when cannabis legalization, you know, happened. Uh, but our fan base hasn't changed. You know, it's still this, I mean, it's grown for sure, but it's still this core of diehards who like love the, it's the, it'll always be the enthusiast publication, you know, like the people mm -hmm. who love this plant, who see, we have the amount of people who come up to me and are like, I don't even smoke weed. I just love it that it exists. Right. I love the way that it makes people feel. I love seeing people like, you know, get excited about it. Like there are very few things that personally excite me as much as like some good cannabis sometimes yeah um so to see that effect in other people like mm -hmm. and i'm lawyers told me i'm not allowed to say this specific phrase anymore but um i c often call cannabis cups the uh let's say most enjoyable place on the planet uh because it's just you walk around and like you know everyone's just got the biggest shitty right. grin on their face I, and i like what you're saying about people that don't even smoke it that are excited about it because with this show like we're trying to talk to people that don't smoke cannabis too yeah well get, I, get I, outside opinions because we need the support of people that don't smoke cannabis to help raise awareness for a community that that might not want it but needs to know it's okay for everyone to have it yeah it, totally. well, well and, and it's, it's a it's it's a long conversation that that needs patience right like when people don't yeah. understand it you don't you don't chastise like i don't believe in chastising them right. i'm like you kind of kind of look at it you know not to sound too hippie-ish but as an opportunity to to, to communicate these things because because look like and, I, and i've said this before even on the show but like most people who don't know anything about cannabis look at it like um like like like, like opioids or alcohol right. or tobacco or tea when really it's it's actually um something it's its own entity that's as different from all of those things as they are from each other right. and that's really hard for somebody to grasp because they don't really know what it is because to some some people it is um, religious some people it is uh, medicine to some people it's recreation right and um, often those two people can't get on the same page because they, they you know they think they don't understand that they're all right well exactly yeah, I think exactly. I, I almost look at like cannabis as its own element uh, mm -hmm. just because it can be infused Agreed. with everything um, I think okay so this is something I've spoken about a lot but um, first of all the reason why I wanted to do this with you guys is because I, I view this as content that I think is forward thinking and not like and talking about the bigger conversations not that pandering type stuff right, I right. talked about before there's so many people who are doing weed podcasts that are like or you know I don't, don't want to uh, defame you and call yeah. you a weed podcast no no you know, we are like, like we, cannabis we, we, infused we, we just have a different we have a different no I like I, I prefer to say weed and casual conversation because like yeah. if we're hanging out dude like you and I aren't being like well, we're not like, saying marijuana yo, or cannabis yo pass the grinded cannabis you know yeah, yeah, I mean? like, yeah don't yeah, fucking yeah, saying that yeah, shit totally that, yeah. but I mean, hey I mean you guys are the, you're the Canadian you know I'm just trying to yeah, do right by your no, stacker, yeah. no, 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 practices. Exactly. no I like it like uh, but but we do have like uh like you know um like I work with business facing sites and and you use the appropriate language for the appropriate audience of course of course you know what I mean right. and um but like me personally like I'm just like especially in a casual setting and then this, this is fairly casual I'm not going to say you know cannabis you know what I mean like no, it's just a weird fucking thing well but the thing about cannabis that I think is so it's so different people look at like it is a subculture and it's like it's like I've been taught the thing I've said a lot is it's very much like esports, whereas everyone's looking at these gamers now as if they're this new demographic, like these right. this, these these fresh kids who are untouched and like not exposed to everything. But these are comedy viewers. These are people that like Coca Cola, or like Pepsi. Yeah. These are people that you know have health insurance or don't have health insurance or drive a Ford or, or yeah. drive a Honda or whatever. These are all this segment has existed this whole time. Just Absolutely. no one's paid attention to it. It's so, not a subculture. It's just culture. Exactly. And and and. And it, it's it's limiting to label it as a subculture because we don't want anyone to feel excluded 
from it or isolated by it well it's like the dennis perone story you know people have like people have this myopic view of what cannabis is and what the cannabis like kids are and like i say that recognizing that two of us have long hair at this table but like you know i got a shaggy fucking gray white beard (laughs) there you go but it's also like i think actually and i'm not nothing pro or against med men but i think one of the best things that i've actually seen recently in the cannabis space is that stoner campaign that they did which is like they literally just put up billboards of like of yeah. doctors and lawyers and you know, you know what is a bummer about that though and i'm gonna get a shout out to my homie ophelia chong is like that was like almost directly punked from her so and uh, just so you know i actually had this campaign for high times that we we're gonna do uh, yeah. around our ipo and we ended up pulling out because this campaign had happened but i wow. want to do the new owners of high times and so uh, everyone knows that we're, you know, we're fundraising right now. So, yeah. uh, cause you know, we're fucking, we're going public, you know? Um, so I wanted to do the new owners of high times where you bring in like, you know, yeah. a doctor and like a lawyer and have them sit down on the couch. You don't even see their face, but yeah. then there's like a bong at the table and they just like, you know, very 15 second base ad, but like, you know, and the meet the owners of high times come up, meet yeah. the new owners of high That's times. Cool. Uh, just because to show like, listen, my dad is like a hardcore, like Republican. Yeah. He probably wouldn't like to be called a hardcore Republican. He's not a, actually, wow. I can't believe that I have to say this, but, uh, he's not a racist. He's not like some yeah. MAGA hat wearing, right. you know, bigot. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> again, that, that like every person wearing a MAGA hat's a bigot. No, most but, of them uh, now, are, are, what are they saying? They're uh, trying to be postmodern. Mexicans always get across. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. That's a shirt that's going around. Right that came out. Some guys started making. That's amazing. Mexicans always get across. Pow, See, I've had some right. I've heard that's some great right. ones that are like make DJing great again and stuff like that. But yeah. like in my head, like anyone wearing a red hat with white text on it right now is like either not paying attention yeah. or just yeah. like is asking for trouble. So yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Oh, oh, look, they're all right. They're all right. Word. Um. Did you, when did you decide, like, like did you kind of go towards cannabis? Because it sounds like you were always kind of, like, did, did you say, hey, I want to get a career in cannabis? So it's funny because I actually fought it for a while. Um, really? I, now, thing, the world isn't California and the world isn't Canada. Because obviously you guys have legalization now. Um, I, like, my parents, like, I, I straight up called my mom before I accepted this job and was like, hey, um... I know that this probably isn't going to be something you're super stoked on, but um, they've been a great client for the past two years. And like, I think this is a really awesome opportunity. So I'm going to go after it. But like, I doubt my mom tells her friends that I work at a cannabis publication. Mm. She probably says he works <laughs> at a media company. You know uh, what I mean? Gotcha. Mm. So like my whole thing was, and again, not that I live my life based on what my mom tells her friends, but you know, like I, I, I was always kind of cognizant of the fact that like working at an agency was good because I can work in tech and I could work in, you know, in products and I could work in all these different things. And cannabis could be one of those verticals. Whereas jumping all the way into cannabis would kind of pigeonhole me. But again, I think that the point of what we're trying to do with at high times right now, or what high times has been doing for the past 40 years is proving out that like, cannabis isn't one note you know and it's not mm-hmm. like hey i'm just going over here and not doing things that every other media company needs to do like honestly like i don't want to i want to brag about the things we're doing i just don't want to blow up our spot and let anyone you know beat us to the punch but i have we're doing a bunch of campaigns that like i know ad age is interested in i know like you know ad week is interested in um just because we're kind of reshaping a model that's making the media industry work um High times right now, as, as I'm sure you guys know, legal brands in the cannabis space are so stifled by the reg- by regulation. Right. So they can't, you know, they can't. National advertising is a priority for most of them because they don't need to be. They don't need to advertise across the country. They don't care if people in New York know their brand because they're not selling anything in New York. They're only selling things in Cal- California. Right. 
High Times Today is offering the biggest advertising solution for those brands from a regional level to a national level because Facebook doesn't want that money. Google doesn't want that money. No one's taking and, and catering to these brands. And what High Times is, where, what I think is really interesting about what we're doing and I think where we're really going to win is we're helping, we're helping executives who are kind of not bred executives, let's say, people who came from cannabis and are trappers who like, you know, now can go legit and make real legal money um, out, out of the darkness, um, who didn't get MBAs, you know, and who didn't go to, you know, like four-year colleges just to make sure that they were going to, you know, know the ins and outs of running their business. They're people who've been doing it successfully for a while and now, you know, they know they need to advertise, but they don't know what the best ways to spend that money is. So like now we're able to educate these guys and help these, the industry level up in a way that I don't think a lot of other people have catered to thus far. Mm -hmm. Um, they're definitely, I mean, listen, we see plenty of cannabis agencies and there are definitely plenty of people who are creating amazing content in the space, but you know, I, I want to create content that like brings in like, you know, the, the guys who do branding for P&G's products and stuff mm. like that and talk about why, like, you, yes, you, you could just get a logo made for fi on Fiverr and, you know, have yeah. something that's recognizable for your brand, or you can have something that actually speaks what you're doing in a visual. And that's why people spend tens of thousands of dollars on agencies right. who are going to focus on this for six months, you know, because mm. like, like the FedEx logo, when, once you see that arrow and you know that like the going forward, the always going forward, like mantra, mm -hmm. you see that every time and it, you're communicating what your brand does before you even get there. Mm -hmm. These kids don't know what they don't know. And we have this very, we're very fortunate to have been around for so long that we're trusted by these kids and we can do it in a way that's authentic and not beating them over the head with it, but also help educate people to understand, like, listen, like this is why, you know, everyone's throwing money at Canopy right now. You know, this is why Aurora is making so much money. It's, you know, this is why MedMen is so enticing to investors because like they're trying to be the Walmart, or I know they're trying to be the Apple store, but they're basically the Walmart of the space. There's mm -hmm. going to be someone who wins that market. Most of the people who are speaking to are not those guys. They're the, they're the mom and pops of the mm -hmm. space, you know? And I mean, listen, I don't know about you guys, but I'm more concerned with them winning than mm -hmm. like the suits and people who had money before this mm -hmm. I just I think I've talked to you about this before you know I'm always for the little guy and I just I just feel like we're in such a weird time that everybody's just gonna get smashed out That's, squeezed it's out, scary. pushed out and you know where is the room for the small guy in this uh, business I, I think um there's always gonna be some sort of craft market I think that's like I, I think it, totally. it, it'll it, it won't, I, and I think that's where it's going to go. I think that's where the consumers are going to go. But so many people are going like organic, or you know what I mean. Right. I, I think there's going to, it's going to be a bit of a battle, but I think there's going to be coexistence. Well, yeah, exactly. I feel like it's going from a, a mom and pop business, like you were saying, to being this giant thing that a mom and pop could never even break into. Well, that's that's the thing, and so I think we talked about this earlier, but I know that we weren't on air, but um, like. Ease is always going to have a place in the market, you know, I, and for those who don't know, Ease is a delivery service in California, but um, they will deliver weed to you in about 15 minutes. Um, it's the most amazing thing when you're just like at your house and you don't want to leave. Like, like I said earlier, um, I order from Uber Eats all the time. There are much more um, better selections if I just get up out, out of my bedroom and walk, you know, a couple blocks right. and I can eat at a place that doesn't offer delivery, mm -hmm. but right. because someone will bring it to me like I'm willing to take lower quality product essentially because right. it's going to be you know same white thing, gloves same thing with herbs exactly exactly and like here's the thing I know 
that I need to go to a dispensary if I want top shelf. Yeah. And that ease. Because you never know what you're getting from a delivery, which I've run into that many times where I'm like, oh, this is pretty okay. Well, but what they're trying to do and where where I think that they, like, it's gonna be we're still evolving to this but they're trying to find consistency in the marketplace so that's why you see the same brands every time and it might not be the same strains but you kind of have an idea of like like listen one of their one of the brands that's on there is old pal old pal is fantastic it's my daytime weed you know if i'm like if i got something to do but like i want to get a little lit and like you know or like like listen the reason i started going consuming cannabis in the first place is it kind of like slows my brain down a bit yeah um me too. It's, it, you know, it, it helps, you know, kind of, and I know this sounds crazy because it does produce smoke, but like it kind of clears the smoke out a little bit for yeah. me. Um, I think that sometimes I need that smoke cleared and I don't need to go with some, you know, top shelf bud to get there. I just need that little pick me out that's going to be here's your, here's your dose you, THC. You know what I always say? I just need some old man weed, some weed ass weed. Have you tried old pal? I haven't. I need that. So old pal is great because it's it, that's what it is. It's it's yeah. like some sun grown outdoor stuff that like it's not it's not brick weed by any means. Right. But oh, no, it's no, like no. I like good weed, but I, I'll even ask for that. I go like I want I want the old man stuff. Come exactly. On. They'll sell I, they'll sell yeah, it pre ground. I don't want to get run over. Exactly. I just exactly. Need to get through today. Exactly. You know what I mean? I yeah, I still got to work. Like, you but know, you know what felt felt like that to me was the Hill House brand. Yeah. Send dogs weed. It's great. Hill House, it, 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 it was kind of that golden kind of Jamaican yellow kind of stuff. It was yeah. light, breezy, easy. I think I, I, it I got me blazed it, I, really I good, but it didn't run me over. That's that's the most important thing. Because, again, like, I, listen, you know? at the end of the night, I'm yeah. an indica smoker. I want to right? feel it, you know? But it, there, there, I, I think it, like it was a lemon haze, but I don't want to say that. But for it was sure. kind of gold, golden yellowish. Yeah, but I, I think really it was, nice. Hill I House. totally know. I t- know the exact type of bud you're talking. Oh yeah, about. you yeah. gotta try Hill House. It's great. I, I totally will. And as a Cypress Hill nerd, I will. I'm all about it. Oh wait, wait, whose brand is it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, Send Dog from Cypress Hill. We have oh on really? The show. Yeah. Oh, and I didn't realize brought, that. He brought his weed for us to try. It's really good. Hill Dude, House. Dude, so B, I see B Real doing stuff all the time, but yeah. I, like he's honestly the only besides when you see a Cypress Hill show, he's the only one that I you know that I see anymore. But uh, that's awesome. I yeah, Sendog's absolutely doing great. Sendog is fucking rad. Well, he's, dude, got a, he's got a new band called Power Flow. Oh, really? And they are killing well, it. Well, I was going right to say, now. the ones that are really winning are the ones that you don't hear about all the time. Oh, <laughs> you know, oh, the yeah, ones yeah. that are just he's, like operating behind he's the scenes. busy working. Exactly. Well, Muggs, exactly. Muggs, Muggs was a bit like a... Like a Big like, producer like, behind like, the scenes. Yeah, he was the... He's, I think he was... Well, Sen sort of said well, he's the mastermind. I don't think it's oh, like, yeah. But they also got set that. up early to the point where, like, like listen, I mean, like, Dre, if Dre didn't produce anything else oh, yeah. from the time, mm-hmm. like, after, you know, The Chronic or whatever, like, he still would have been fine because oh, he's, yeah. like, his labels have just put so many other people on, you know? Um, I mean, listen, that's the beautiful thing about imprints, but... Um, I, listen, I, I, again, I, I, I don't always take not hearing about somebody as a sign that they've fallen off. They, they've gotten busy. Against. Yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. He still lives to. in like uh, Southgate and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, he still lives he in the hood. Well, they also, they, he, you know, he probably also hood. knows what's important and he doesn't need to come out and do the press all the time because, you know, he, oh, doesn't, yeah. he, he doesn't need to promote through those kind of means. Oh, anymore, man, I, w- I went to this, uh, this bar, what's it called, the Starlight, something like that. It's in Downey, right by Southgate, where he's from. Okay. His hood, man. And uh, I went down there and it's like this dive bar. And they were having just a bunch of death metal bands or something. So me and a couple of friends were like, let's go peep this out. So we go, we drive into the hood and we go down there. And who's sitting at the bar by himself? Send dog. And, and, and so I just walk up to the bar. I didn't want to bug him or anything. When I'm like, hey, Sen, Ephraim, we met before, blah, blah, blah. And he just looks at me. So like, yo, what up, E? And I felt all cool. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Send dog. What's up, man? So you're here just to check out some local death metal bands? And he's all, Southgate. 
Downey, this is my hood, man. This is where <laughs> Hell I live. Yeah. This is where I hang out. And I was like, that's tight. And then I just, you know, left him and walked away. And I was like, that guy is the realest dude ever. That is awesome. Like, so he sold over 20 million records. He lives in the hood. Killing that's it. Well, listen, that's cool. why, uh, you remember that old Cribs episode of Red Man? Oh, yeah, that's That's so why I'll good. always love Red Man, yeah. no matter what, is because, I, I, listen, I honestly, I'm sure that was probably set up or something for like sure, that, but like, sure. still, still the greatest episode yeah. of Cribs that I've ever seen. That is too funny. Yeah. You know but what I, we're talking yeah, about, Ben? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These dudes are just way too real, and it's awesome. The cyber self phenomenon, like I like I, I follow, it's it's so it's incredible. It's such it's, it's such a thing. It's they're, like, they are the leaders of. I mean, they, like they're like Cheech and Chong in the space. Exactly. That's what like, that's what, exactly what Mugs want, said they had to be is the Cheech and Chong of yeah. hip hop. That's they're I mean, like listen, a, they're like a dark Cheech and Chong. Uh, they, l- listen, you know what I mean? Uh, like, if I'm like, talking like, about like, like rappers, a dark tone to their music. You if, know? You're, if I'm thinking rappers who smoke weed, like. Besides Cypress Hill, it's like I think about the other ones who have brands. Meth and red, you know? yeah. Meth and red, uh, just the Wu Tang in general. Yeah. Um, and then I go to like Burner and listen. Oh, Burners, can, dude. Candidly, I only know Burner from, or I knew Burner first from Cookies. Oh. I didn't know Burner like when I was an East Coaster. Like I didn't know Burner's well, music at all. Yeah, he's huge. It, dude, I, so uh, what's it? Uh, Prohibition or something like that? Yeah. Uh, but really whenever good. they do the the joint sets, they did that yeah. at our High Times 100 last year. It was fire. And then you got like a lot of guys in the South really repping weed and Devin the dude all those guys like totally that, totally know, like, it, it's the, the the climate in the scene is really good for the herbs right now with me, the music scene and in every genre well yeah and I mean like it's happening right you now. always have the icons like it's because yeah. people whenever time someone asks me about like a, a weed influence or stuff like that the last person that I always go to and I know this is so stupid but like I never think of Snoop Dogg first I never think of Wiz Khalifa first I never think of right. currency first but like those guys Idol, uh, like, are like iconic weed guys as well. So you're talking yeah. about like rappers who matter in the space or who are, who are relevant in the cannabis space. Right. They're all up there, but like, yeah, Cypress Hill is always the first one. That comes oh, absolutely. To mind. Number one. Mm. Well, without that. I mean, Doctor. I think Doctor Green Thumb. I was, I heard Doctor Green Thumb before I knew or before I knew weed was cool. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. I was like, the fuck is going on here? You know. <laughs> they knew something none of us did. That's, that's sure. true. It's true. In grade ten, I uh, I've told this story on the podcast before too, and I got to tell it to Send Dog. But um, my uh, my history and politics project was on um, on legalization, and I got suspended. But I suppose stole most of the content from Black Sunday's fucking in life. So <laughs> you got suspended so on doing great. a legalization yeah, project. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Grade ten, <laughs> yeah. That have been like nineteen ninety two or three or something like that. Jesus, that's so amazing. <laughs> You uh, you have a lot going on and a lot ahead of you. Uh, running, like, I'm running real fast right now. Yeah, what's, yeah. I mean, what's what's what, what's what's your day like? What's your yeah. day like tomorrow? Um, so tomorrow, uh, I'm coming off being sick right now, so yeah. uh, it's it's gonna be a little bit more of a sprint than usual. But um, we're working on closing the July issue, um, which so we just. I could say this. When is this going to come out? This will come out in three weeks. Okay. All right. Cool. So um, our next cover is uh, Dead & Co. Uh, so I had to, or me and our editor-in-chief code, like tag team this, uh, this story, the cover story for it. So uh, th- I was a little bit of writing for there. Uh, we're working on, how can I say this? Close to the vest. Uh, we're working on building out an agency. Oh, wow. Um, nice. So it's gonna be multifaceted but um i'm really excited about that and i think that uh the offering there is really strong um 
And listen, I, again, I'm always trying to create better content. So video is very yeah. important for us. Um, High Time is kind of, we always film stuff, but like investing in, in premium content has always been, I don't want to say an afterthought because definitely not. It's just, you know, getting like making the equation fiscally responsible mm. has always been tough. Uh, so we're trying to experiment with ways where we can uh, create, you know, real quality content, yeah. story-based content without, you know, selling out. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it, it, it's tough with the, with the cannabis content because it's hard to invest capital right off the top because everything in weed grows so organically, and that, yeah. that's even what works in weed. Like, it's it's not really something you can target. And so going like going back to your point about like say something like disjointed, like it's weed, it's gonna work. Nah, dude, you should have like felt that out a bit on the internet. You exactly, I mean? exactly. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. Like, I think that like so here's a fun example, and this is a Viceland show, so I feel like I'm giving out throwing. Sh props to someone that you know is relevant but um you know days uh i think it's Jesus. uh Jesus and Mero. yeah i love Jesus and Mero. i'm not familiar with they're they, oh my god this is like the best it's like it's a new york show. it's a late night new york talk show yeah. and it's the best thing it was the greatest it blew, thing it blew up on did. the internet and yeah bodega boys Vice, i think was their show yeah and and it's right up your alley dude. it's it's uh, now on showtime you should definitely show check it out out right now it's it was like it's the best late night show by far and the reason why right. i like it is because they just take the mold it's and real. totally throw exactly they just totally throw it out like they brought spike lee on and like their interview with spike was like literally like them gushing about sitting next to spike yeah lee. and like it was you could just tell how like how about it he was and because these guys were real fans that and he was like willing to open up the, like the chemistry yeah. between them is so real. oh dude yeah. it's it's so great they the way they bounce is even the their show. ads their ads were like on oh. viceland are it's one of them uh like everybody watching this art knows <laughs> everybody it's it's you're oh, you're you're late on this one but don't worry yeah, you'll you're, get there. You're, you're gonna love them dude they're but so funny that's why that's you know what guys stuff. like uh if we're talking about comic books i'd probably be like punishing you dude <laughs> <laughs> great i mean you want to talk about endgame Oh fuck! I don't you got to come on my it. other podcast. Oh, I, have hell another, yeah. I have another one. We'll, we'll talk about that one too. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Yeah. yeah. But so, fuck, it was perfect. Did you? Did, <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk. I don't want to spoil so, anything. So, uh, moving into the future, like, what else should we be looking out for? Um, I mean, listen, High Times TV is. It, I think going to be the next three to five years is going to be our shining star um, right. just because what we're kind of trying to do is flip the model on its head. So again, we were created to be a safe space and we have, there are a few others out there who I'm working on deals with to kind of help elevate and provide support in a way right. that they don't have. For example, like what we talked about before about the ad solution, like these kids can't monetize their content because a lot of cannabis brands don't have video ads yet, you know? Mm -hmm. Helping solve that equation, take the investment out of creating ads is something I'm super interested in right. um, and something that we're working towards specifically with the agency. But mm -hmm. as that evolves, High Times becomes more and more viable for, for creators. So um, what we're really trying to do is right now we're working on pretty much a model of, hey, you come to us with content and mm -hmm. we'll help monetize it, you know, as long as people are mm -hmm. watching it. Um, we're our, I will say, shameless plug, uh, our CPMs blow YouTubes out of the water. Um, that said... Uh, getting quality content there has been difficult just because a lot of these kids don't have the money to produce like, you know, story the story-based content right. that they mm -hmm. need. So um, as cool as it's been, as High Times TV has been thus far, I do think it's been slightly underutilized and underappreciated. And uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, creating some of our own series That's and uh, really doing 
bring some more, let's call it premium rich media uh, to to the, the pages because I think High Times kind of we're still. I, I think it's I think it's pretty awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, we're still we're still kind of and I don't want to talk shit about the brand at all, but like we're still kind of in a Web 1.0 phase and. Mm. Uh, you know, the next couple years are really about leveling that up and, and mm -hmm. going, not just, and listen, you know, we do events and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Spanibus is, is now one of our properties. So like, mm -hmm. you know, really expanding the footprint globally because we're moving into a global marketplace. I mean, right. I'm getting more phone calls now about South American growers than anything else. Everyone's mm -hmm. like, yo, you got to come to Colombia. You got to come to Uruguay. You got to come to these, these these countries and check out like what's going on down here because the game is real. Mm -hmm. And especially like even Mexico. Like, so I think I, we're talking before about uh, mm -hmm. Vicente Fox. Um, they're so they're trying to legalize as much as they can because they want to take the power back from the cartels. And I think all those things are interesting. But even and even if some of them I don't think are totally viable, like mm -hmm. I want to I want to figure out ways to explore that and and cater to this this awesome, bigger man. world right. marketplace. That's awesome. Well, I think we've taken up enough of your time right now. Oh, there's a dog. Ooh, where's the that pop? came out of nowhere? That came out of nowhere. Is that here? No. Oh. But no. Hey, how can uh, people? Follow what you do. I mean, so, what, um, what, 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 what handles let's, you let's have see on if that dog stops for a second. Sorry. What's up, okay. puppy? So oh, I hear him growling. I don't know what's so, pissing him off, but so I like him. Where can people follow what you what you're doing? So, High yeah. Times is doing. What where can they follow everything handles? So HighTimes.com is obviously our, our big O and O, but we have dopemagazine.com and culture.magazine.com. We have greenrushdaily.com. Um personally I am John at John Capetta, uh, okay. C A P P E T T A. Oh. I probably at J O N C A P P E T T A because a lot of people spell John differently. Right. Um, I'm pretty much that across platforms. Um, but I mean, again, High Times, we're going to, the next six months, you're going to start seeing a lot more properties with the High That's Times great. branding on it. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, just keep an eye keep on the space open. and I think yeah. you're going to see some cool shit. You got us, it, so. brother. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Cool. John Capata, my Dude, friend. Thanks, thanks, thanks for having so much me. for telling us how you got into the weeds, my man. This episode was presented by Pot Guide and WikiLeaf. Please follow ITW on Twitter and Instagram at Get Into the Weeds. You can follow Ben Rispin at Ben Rispin. You can follow Ephraim Martinez Schulz at F by Stereo. And me, Bubba Nicholson at Bubba Nicholson. ITW's theme music was written by Jacob Bergsma of My Son the Hurricane. Visit them at www.msthofficial.com. Special thanks to our friends at Puff Digital, Program Skate and Sound, and the Slide Bar in Fullerton, Orange County. Sound engineering provided by Roman Marconi at Halo Studios Hamilton. ITW was created by Ben Rispin and is produced by Master Volume.